Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. You've tuned in to I Work For Him, the mouthpiece for the faith and work movement. We're your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited for what's ahead. And listeners, I just want to remind you that um, we have a YouTube channel. This is a place where you d- you have the opportunity to actually watch our interviews with our guests and all that um, is transpiring that, you know, the the nonverbals sometimes can be kind of interesting. So make sure you subscribe. I don't know what you're to, talking about. <laughs> subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just look for <laughs> I Work For Him. I Work The Number Four Him. And you can follow us there, and we'd love to have you engage in that way, as well as the many other places that you can find when you go to our website, which is iworkforhim.com. And we also invite you to check out the Awaken Podcast Network. If you're looking for the voices of the faith and work movement that aren't I Work For Him, go out to iworkforhim.com forward slash Awaken Podcast Network, or just go to awakenpodcastnetwork.com. You know, Martha and I have traveled all over the country and interviewed thousands of workplace believers living out their faith in their work in their own unique calling. One such person is Chuck Proudfit from Cincinnati, Ohio. Chuck felt so compelled about living out his faith in his work while working at Procter & Gamble that he decided to dedicate the rest of his life to equipping Christ followers just like you and me to see God's purpose for you at work. Chuck started at work on purpose in 2003 with the mission of mobilizing the world work world for Christ, one irresistibly transformed work life at a time. His ministry has grown to impact much of the greater Cincinnati area and around the country, and it's to Chuck Profit's credit that the word businessry exists and has been repeated hundreds of times on this show. Chuck Profit, welcome back to I Work For Him. Thank you. It's great to be with both of you. I saw that you actually uh, copyrighted businessry, which is fantastic. I tell people all the time, I said, listen, I use the word businessry, and they're like, where did that come from? Like Chuck Proudfit, at work on purpose. It's not my word. It's not my word. It's his word. It's his word. I should have the little <laughs> you're R kinda after like, it. You're kind of like the this. medical commercials where they go, and they read out all the disclaimers. He's like, that came from Chuck Proudfit. So we give you lots of credit. But it really resonates with people, doesn't it? When you... When it you does. started well, using that word, what did you see? <laughs> we started using that word almost serendipitously. We just kind of fell into it because when At Work on Purpose was birthed as a workplace ministry, we didn't have a way to fund it. And I, as a marketplace guy, it just felt weird to me to ask for donations. And as a result, as I talked to our team, I said, well, what if I just take the profit dollars from the consulting firm that I'm leading, which is called Skillsource, the business? And what if the profits of that business were to fund the ministry of At Work on Purpose? And I said, and if the business funds the ministry, we'll just call it a business-try, B-I-Z-N-I-S-T-R-Y. And everybody laughed. I mean, at the time, it was just sort of a joke I was making, but, but the term actually caught on. And today, years later, we have a much more fully formed and comprehensive definition of what a business-try is. But the spirit of it was born then. And I I love to joke with people, kind of like Reese's peanut butter cups, you know, the chocolate and peanut butter are better together and the business and the ministry are better together. And to your point about the uh, the trademarking and all that, initially we had no plans to do that because really it's ultimately God's term. Where we had a challenge was it really took off as a popular word and sort of concept 
but a lot of people started using it manipulatively where they would slap the term business tree on a business they were running and say, well, we're a business tree. But in reality, the profits they were actually donating to things were just so small that they were completely inconsequential. They were absolutely not sacrificial. And that's really not the spirit of what a business tree is. And we realized we needed to trademark the term and build a more specific definition so that we could safeguard the intent behind the word, which for ourselves, we never really thought much about. But when we saw how it could be misused, then we're like, okay, we've got to protect its use. And it, and it makes sense so much. So let's step back for everybody because we kind of jumped in on that. But we love, we have used that word and told people it's always yours. Uh, we've used that word so many times as an explanation of what God really expects us to be doing. Chuck, it's been a couple of years since you were on iWork for him. We were together in Cincinnati. How have you seen God, what have you seen God do in your life to hone in on your mission to transform the lives of working Christ followers? Yes. Well, to answer that question, going back to our mission, our mission is all about mobilization. We want to mobilize working Christians to be faith active at work. And the statistics are that most of us aren't. Only one out of four of us has an aspiration or a desire to be faith active at work. And only one out of every 20 are consistently integrating faith and work. So you your starting point is pretty daunting. I mean, for all of us, the vast majority of working Christians go to church on Sunday and work on Monday, and they segregate rather than integrate. So but, our but mission- Wait, wait, has, wait, 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 wait. The vast majority of Christians don't go to church on Sunday anymore either. Well, well <laughs> that's a whole separate conversation. But yes, there's but been- it, but, that is, but that uh, categorically across the country, the church has been extricated from the building. Yeah, for sure. This year, 2020, has absolutely challenged the concept of what local church really is. Mm -hmm. And I think there are some good things spiritually that will come out of that, for sure. Mm -hmm. And your point is well taken. The, The key thought I'm just trying to leave here is, hard truth be told, most working Christians feel uncomfortable or don't even think about their faith as being relevant or important for their work. We're out to change that. But what has been different to finish answering your question this year is that when COVID hit in March, it kind of upended the lives of so many people in the working world. You know, people that were laid off, people that were suddenly thrust into virtual work, uh, people that were leading organizations and suddenly they had to pivot in really unknown ways and it was confusing and disorienting and exhausting and it still is you know months later with all of that said there was a huge opportunity for at work on purpose to corral a resource and i'll call it relational capital that we built over the years in cincinnati to do something really cool we realized that there were tons of ministry needs that were in the workplace and we could speak to those right out of the gate so for example people who'd lost jobs and we could provide faith-based job transition support. Mm. People that were depressed and we could arrange a citywide core of chaplains to be a counseling resource to them. People that were desperate for financial support like the PPP loan and stuff like that. And we could connect them to a citywide network of Christian accountants and so forth. Well, what came out of that eventually is what we've come to call the rapid response program. 
Now, when people go to our website, it's one of the things they can click on. And essentially, in simple terms, it says, look, if you have landed here because you've got a pressing need, click on get help. And it lists all these different areas of ministry support for people in the working world with a faith foundation to it. Or there's also a button for give help. You know, if there are Mm. people that find out about it and click on it and they'd like to be volunteers or in some fashion be helpful to the cause, that model relied on relational capital. Mm -hmm. These different relationships that we built over the years in the city with a variety of different workplace ministries, bringing them together on one team and then organizing that in one focused effort, rapid response. We've been able to share that model with other cities around the country and a number of them have worked with similar kinds of systems that they've been building out. And that's a way that we've used at work on purpose as a ministry this year, I never would have imagined. I mean, going into 2020, we had no idea that we would be working on something like that. To tweet or not to tweet, that's always on my mind. That's why Martha handles most of the Twitter tweets and interactions. Please look for us and interact with us on Twitter at IWorkForHimRadio. That's at IWork, the number four, him, radio. So I just want to remind our listeners, we're talking with Chuck Proudfit from At Work On Purpose, And Chuck, what is your website? If people are curious about how you've set this up and what that might look like for the, for Cincinnati, what is your website? The website is simply at work on purpose.org. Excellent. At work on purpose.org. And you know, I think one of the things that's really key to point out here is that Chuck, for years, God has been cultivating these relationships in Cincinnati. It took Um, intentionality, you know, just speak to that for a minute for our listeners who are like, you know, I wouldn't even know other people in my city. I'm listening in, you know, XYZ city across the country. Um, How, just talk for a moment how God really has helped to build the network that you guys have there in Cincinnati. Yeah. First of all, you can't microwave relationships. You have to crockpot them. Mm. Oh, good word. <laughs> yes. Good word there, Chuck Broadfit. It has taken years to, to do this. Mm-hmm. And I, for that person who might be watching or listening and wondering, you know, how do I get started? The answer is patiently because it takes time. The, the reality in our case in Cincinnati was that we had started out with that work on purpose as a small group of working Christians, just about a dozen of us who wanted to have kind of a small group experience where our discussion focus was about faith at work. And God multiplied that in ways we never expected. We weren't looking to go beyond being just a small group, but literally through word of mouth, the initiative grew to over 300 people within six months. And the reason I'm telling you this is that as we got this larger critical mass of people, all of a sudden, there was conversation around, well, this is becoming a ministry and, and we need, they were looking at me. It's like, Chuck, we need you to lead we. this. <laughs> and, and I was absolutely mystified. I didn't know what to do. And as I was praying into this, God brought me to the book, Experiencing God mm-hmm. by uh, Blackaby. The basic theme of it is you don't have to have a mountaintop experience to see where God wants you to step forward and serve. Sometimes you just look where God's already moving and you join him there. Right. I decided as a result to start looking for people in our city, in Cincinnati, who were integrating faith at work, who were launching faith at work initiatives, workplace ministries, whatever, and get to know them. 
come alongside them, build a relationship with them, find out how I could be and we could be of support to them. And that process birthed this network of relationships. You know, at first, some were very skeptical. They're kind of like, well, what's your real agenda? You know, like, what are you really asking for? You know, if I help you, what are you going to be asking me to do for you? And that wasn't my heart or our heart. And eventually people started to see that. They're mm-hmm. like, wow, you're, you're serious about this. You actually want to help us succeed. And as silly as that sounds, that was a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Because then we started to earn the favor of the workplace ministries in the city and build a network of those relationships. I want to make sure, Chuck Prophet, that when people get to the end of this podcast, they know why they should be engaging with atworkonpurpose.org, atworkonpurpose.org. Chuck, when somebody goes out to your website, and let's just say they're not from Cincy, maybe, you know, they're not from Northern Kentucky. What, what, what does At Work On Purpose offer the everyday Christ-following worker that lives somewhere else in the country? Yeah, that's a great question. And this has been a, a great year to sort of build out a much more substantial digital platform to be of service to people that would have an interest in our ministry, but they live far from Cincinnati. There are a few things that I believe would be particularly relevant for somebody who's a working Christian anywhere. The first one is that we have developed an equipping tool called the Choices Profile. This is a very practical, simple way for the everyday working Christian to learn how to bring faith to work. And somebody can learn about that and get equipped that way, regardless of where they live. Give us an example. Give us an example of what that looks like. Sure. Well, for example... This morning, we had a guy that was uh, part of a, a group that we were putting together who's down in Dallas, Texas, and he had found out about us through word of mouth. He checked out the website. He connected with us. He went to the contact us button and said, hey, here's mm-hmm. who I am. I'm wondering how I could get involved. And our core interaction of the first thing that we want to do with people is to give them the opportunity to go through this training program. And Without belaboring details, Jim, essentially the point that we're making in this choices profile is that every working Christian, when we go to work every day, faces choices. And those choices have spiritual underpinnings, whether we realize them or not. So what we do is we equip Christians to understand the spiritual dimensions of key choices in Hmm. five areas and how to make the choice God would have them make. And if they make that choice day after day, then cumulatively they're building their working witness one choice at a time. And at the end of a career, for example, they have lived out God's purposes for them at work because they've been faithful, because they've been choiceful. If I had my way on every I Work For Him road trip, I'd spend all my time in the passenger seat on Facebook and Instagram. But Jim insists that I drive for at least an hour every day so he can nap. Perhaps you'd like to stay connected with all that Jim and I and I Work For Him are up to. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest and special events, podcasts, and conversations. Just search for I Work For Him. That's I Work The Number Four Him. Very good. So again, they can go to atworkonpurpose.org. And this is a place where um, I'm just excited, Chuck, because you have allowed the opportunity to use the platform to expand beyond Cincinnati and help people to start to be better equipped 
for making these good choices. And, you know, I think that will resonate with a lot of people because it just makes sense. We do make choices every day and uh, we can make the right choice um, with a biblical background. So thank you for sharing that. So let's move into talking a little bit about the Orca Center. Um, Jim and I had the privilege of getting to tour that a few years ago. And I imagine, and I, I've heard through the grapevine that there's, you know, it's been growing and doing a lot of different things. In it. And so why don't you explain that to our listeners, what the Orca Center is all about? Sure. The genesis of what today we would call the Orca Center was actually that conversation years ago about business tree, mm-hmm. that the consulting firm I lead as a business would fund the emerging ministry of At Work on Purpose. And, and as the years followed, more and more people in our Cincinnati community got excited about the idea of faith-based entrepreneurship or faith-based business that had this spirit or flavor to it. Before we knew it, we started to have a tribe or a community of faith-based entrepreneurs and small business owners who love this idea of business and ministry fully integrated together. As the years pass, with more and more of that tribe in place and that community growing, we kind of needed a place, a physical space, where we could house some of them, also where we could hold training sessions for them, and we could also create a showcase Mm-hmm. where people might visit Cincinnati and they could actually see what this could look like. And the amazing thing was that the location for the showcase ended up being a local church with a very innovative pastor who was willing to let us take the whole church campus and build it out with faith-based enterprises, mm-hmm. with business trees. The Orca Center became one of those business trees because it would not only generate revenue on its own as a co-working space, it would also become a facility that would be an equipping center for us to train people in business street. The Orca Center's grown quite a bit. It's got well over 100 members now, and they're all over the map spiritually. So this is not like it's just for Christians. This co-working space is for people who live uh, fairly close to the facility and want a convenient, flexible place to work. We know that it's a marketplace ministry opportunity because as Christians running it, We have the opportunity to interface with those people, get to know them, build relationships, share our faith with them, all of the things that you would want to do anywhere that you're working as a Christian. And this space has been growing. So we've doubled the square footage and we took advantage of the COVID shutdown. We made a choice just to literally build out another uh, huge section of it that's now fully finished. By the way, that was just in time delivery because once we got out of the March shutdown, the only way to open back up was with social distancing. So we essentially needed double the square footage just to accommodate the people we already had with tables and chairs spread further apart. Sure. When we were there, you were the, uh, there was a coffee shop getting ready to get set up. You had a gym attached. I mean, it was really like its own little small city. Um, (laughs) When you look at what you guys have done at the Orca Center, what you're doing at At Work on Purpose, Chuck, cast a vision into 2021. How, mo- how much of what you're doing in Cincinnati and with the Orca Center can be reproduced by the listeners today if they contact you? How much of this can be reproduced in other parts of the country? This concept, this co-working concept is absolutely transferable. There are several things about it that are straightforward, and somebody who's watching this could understand it in in your context. 
The first one is this particular model for co-working is suburban rather than urban. You know, typically you'll have a lot of co-working spaces that are in downtown areas of cities. But what we discovered was that you can build out a co-working space in a suburban area. And a lot of the people who live there, sleep there, they can now spend their waking hours working at a co-working facility that's near their home, minimizing commute time. Uh, and for the, the suburban small cities and towns, it's great because you're keeping your citizens closer to home. So the tax dollars, you know, for restaurant meals and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. tend to stay there. So the first part about the model that's creative, but also transferable is this idea of taking the concept of co-working, but position it as a suburban option. The second thing that we did with it was to keep it simple, stupid. In other words, the Orca Center is not built out as a Taj Mahal. It, It has this very practical, functional, industrial aesthetic. So somebody who would be looking to create something like this where they are, they wouldn't need a fortune to create something like this. They would need to be able to take a building and retrofit it uh, as an open space environment where you could be inviting people in for co-working. The third thing that is transferable about it, in our case as Christians, is that you can imagine Christians leading a co-working space and what would it look like to integrate your faith into the operations Mm -hmm. of it in terms of the way that you interface with the members, but also in our case, even positioning the facility on the campus of a local church. We are working right now with some other local churches that are starting to build out similar co-working spaces in their local church facilities. It's a great way for a local church that has a facility that might currently only be used on Sunday. And this year, of course, Jim, to your point, (laughs) many of them aren't even using it on Sunday. And finally, they have a way to use that facility that much better cost justifies Mm -hmm. that fixed asset. Mm -hmm. You know, I just think it's amazing that even in the midst of this really tough year, God had been preparing you really kind of, in my opinion, to pave the way for other people to see what the opportunities are, are because churches are sitting with empty buildings. Um, They do want to figure out how to reach their community Um, You know, a lot of people are looking for an option other than working from home, but can't go to their office space. So what might that look like? You know, I I was thinking in my head, I'm like, I think there's probably parents that want co-working space for their kids that are trying to do virtual school. That's a whole other element. But but I know um, I I resonate with the steps that you guys kind of walked through, having been there ourselves and seen what you guys have done in person. And I can't remember if there's pictures on your website, but I'm, I, you know, it, it is just such an amazing, um, simple space that's done beautifully and very comfortable that I would love to work in it. So I, I see that God pr- has been preparing this for whatever is next. And it's just exciting to be able to celebrate that and share that with our listeners. Yeah. There's a website yeah, it, for the there, Orca Center, isn't there, Chuck? There is. There is a link on the At Work on Purpose website, but in addition, it's it's a simple uh, web address, orcacoworking.com. Excellent. Okay. All right, we're out of time, but I want to ask this last question, Chuck. All right, you, you're talking about helping churches to utilize their structures on a way more efficient basis by mm-hmm. developing this co-working space. But, and, and you said, well, this is great for churches, but you have to, there's some training involved then to tell churches on how to maximize that utilization to actually turn it into some ministry space yeah. as well. Yeah. 
So what kind of interaction really quick are you having with the pastors and the administrators of the churches to help them understand what do I do with this co-working space and how do I turn it into a place for ministry? That's such a good word that I've had to learn how to be bilingual to take marketplace language and translate it into local church language so that pastoral people can hear this concept. The way I would describe it to leaders in a local church is that this is an, a really creative form of outreach ministry where you can be relevant to your community because you've taken a part of your facility and made it accessible and useful to your community all through the week. Mm-hmm. Number two, it affords you the opportunity to be able to witness to people in the community that might never set foot in a sanctuary on the weekend, but they'll come into a co-working space and you can be the church where they're working. So it literally puts you in proximity of Christians and non-Christians alike. And it's a great sandbox to train people in evangelism and discipleship. If you're giving a faith testimony when somebody in that work environment asks, or if you're working with another Christian in that environment and you create a climate or a culture Mm -hmm. where everybody's saying, well, how are we building the ministry work into this? And in simple terms, the ministry is really service. Luke chapter 10 speaks to this, where Jesus is sending out the disciples to surrounding towns and villages to share the good news in Christ and essentially is saying, look, Bless the people that you encounter at your co-working space. Fellowship with them. Build relationships. Then when you find out what's going on in their world, if they've got an, a felt need, minister to that felt need. And then when they ask why you cared so much about them, proclaim Christ as the reason for your motivation. In other words, what ends up happening is that that sandbox for outreach ministry becomes a powerful way to learn how to be a faith-active Christian at work. That's right a, on your church campus. And, and I imagine what you're talking about is actually taking one of those pastors and having them take advantage of the co-working space so they can interact and make friends with the people that are there. What an incredible opportunity, Chuck. I can't believe we're out of time. Make sure you check out Chuck's, Chuck's ministry at workonpurpose.org, at workonpurpose.org, located in Cincinnati, but you can reproduce a lot of what he's doing in your local city. Check out Chuck, call Chuck, reach out to Chuck, contact Chuck at workonpurpose.org. Thank you, Chuck Proudfit. You are welcome. Thank you both. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at iworkforhim to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at iworkforhim and online iworkforhim.com. I work the number for him.com.